Hello and welcome to the Growing Green Podcast. Your host, Jeremiah Jennings, is the owner of Growing Green Landscapes in Birmingham, Alabama, and has a passion for growing the entrepreneurship community for those who are young in business. Being a business owner isn't easy, especially in the early years, and that's why in this show we dive into a wide range of topics covering all the challenges small business owners deal with. Even if your company is generating a million dollars or more, the stories from our great guest and Jeremiah's own firsthand experiences will propel your business forward. And now, here's your host, Jeremiah Jennings. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in to another episode today here on the Growing Green Podcast. This is your host, Jeremiah Jennings, and I hope you're doing very well this morning. And I'm excited to come to you today with another brand new guest interview. And this is with none other than Cornell Mack from Mack Landscaping. Uh, how you doing today, buddy? I'm all right, bro. How are you? This is uh, exciting. I always like coming on to the Big People Podcast because uh, I'm a little guy. I, I, shoot, <laughs> I'm, I'm the smallest fish in the pond. Uh, it is, it's good, man. Life is good. It's busy, but we're doing good. And I love getting to hear from other guys out there who are learning and growing and getting those people on the show. And so I know y'all are one of them and it's uh, exciting to have you on today. We live in totally polar opposite sides of the country. Well, not totally opposite sides. You're, you're North. I'm South, I guess you could say. Uh, but it's one of those things that you get to build some really cool friendships within the world of social media nowadays. Um, and I respect the heck out of you and your wife and, and what y'all have built up there with your company and raising kids. We were just talking about four hit record, just the process of watching kids grow up and mature. And we have Jack who just turned one a couple months ago and it's like, it's flying by, um, flying by, but we're trying to hold on to the seat of our pants here. Uh, so taking advice from all you guys that have kids and have raised them, it, it, it means a lot that y'all uh, pour back into us. So thank you. Thank you for that, man. But well, let's forego the whole, like, how you doing? Catch us up on your story, blah, blah, blah. Let's just like get into some good conversation today, buddy. Uh, what is going on this time of year for you guys? We were talking about recording a podcast and you said, dude, we're slow. Like we don't do anything this time of year. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you do? What do you mean you don't do anything? And so you're just waiting on snow, right? Is that is that what I hear? Yeah, basically we've uh, wrapped up everything. I just took the leaf box off. I, I actually didn't even really need to use it. Um, really? I, I I built it because last year Captain Jack and I put the mowers up early, and mm. we went the leaf blower route. Yeah. And the the debris loader route. So I figured I'd do the same thing this year, but it was really dry. The Last year, the ground was a little more soft, so we were, like, rutting things up and everything. So I was like, let me get the mowers off because we're not mowing anymore. Nothing was growing uh, too much. We were just using the mowers to do our leaf cleanup. So this year, I decided, um, like, we got everything done. Everything was dry. So we mulched the leaves up uh, rather than suck yeah. them up or we just blew them to a tree line on all of our cleanup. So we didn't even need to use the, use the box. So I took the box off, and we put the solter in. And now, yeah, it's just waiting for the snow. Um, once we get done with mowing, I'm pretty much like I've already wrapped up my winter fun. Everything is cool, and it's time to chill with the family. Yeah, man, hanging out, uh, hanging out with the family is a good time, good thing to do during the winter. It's pretty cool to hear that a lot of you guys up north get to do that. A lot of guys in the south do too, uh, but we get to stay a little bit more busy down here. Our leaves stay on the trees. We've still got leaves. We've done a weekly clean, leave, weekly leaf cleanup at the same property since October, um, out there every oh. single week. Um, so it just that's just the way our leaves fall. It's weird how different climates are, but 
they fall they fall good well this probably does have a lot of trees but they just fall over time they don't all come down at once god forbid that thing come down all at once we would be out there for two days straight if all her leaves came yeah. out at one time uh <laughs> we would never get out of there but it is it is cool it is cool hearing that from different sides of the country uh how, how that works and things so well i, I guess let's just do give us a little backstory um just a, a five minute rundown in case somebody doesn't know who cornell mac is like Walk us through the, the, the landscaping company, how you kind of turn your career into what it is now uh, in this journey you've created with your spouse and now raising your kids uh, and being an entrepreneur. Yeah, well, it started about seven years ago, uh, but I was chucking a truck for four of those years. So over the last uh, two to three, and a, like two and a half, three years, um, I focused on the things that I enjoy doing and I stopped trying to do all of the other stuff to try and keep up with the Joneses. So uh, when I first got into the business, I didn't know anything. So I was just trying to throw stuff against the wall and see what stuck. And uh, I just zeroed in on lawn maintenance. That's what I enjoy doing. Um, so now that's pretty much what we focus on. Um, we are in Monroeville, Pennsylvania, uh, about 20 minutes east of uh, Pittsburgh. Um, we do about 94 yards a week. I got one employee. And, uh, yeah, been married for eight years. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for, as it pertains to the lawn care. But, uh, to touch on what you said before you asked me that question, um, right now it's like, kind of like coast mode. Um, if that makes sense, I, uh, I enjoy cutting grass, doing the lawn maintenance. We have 94 properties and all of them get cleanups and everything. So I'm pretty much, yeah, I'm pretty much totally maxed out with what I like to do. And me and Captain Jack, uh, we got it narrowed into, you know, how we, I call it stress-free lawn maintenance. So we just do the stuff that we like to do. Once the mowing's over, I don't really like to do the other stuff. Um, yeah. After after leaf cleanups and uh, fall cleanups, cutbacks, things like that. And so, uh, yeah, we just we just kind of close shop and, uh, and, and hang out for the winter until the snow comes. I want to I dive into that a little more quickly before we move into that though how is it is it Irvin or Irwin what what is that something that's near you somewhat yeah Irwin Irwin Irwin. so how far are you from there Uh, about 20 minutes okay so do you ever do you ever see like uh Brex AJ and Alicia Brensel do you ever see them out and about like their crews or anything I actually seen one of their people at I was we do a yard a couple we do 30 yards in this place called Elizabeth and uh, there's this gas station we go to every week called the shop and go we park our trailer in there and we take care of about two properties across the street from it. So we always get subway every Thursday. Yeah. And one morning I was in there. I met, um, what was, is it Alexis? Alicia. What's Ali, it's yeah. Alicia. And, uh, yeah, AJ. I met them yeah. at, and AJ at to together in the trade yeah. over in Montana this year. And, uh, so that was the first time I'd ever heard of them. I didn't know who they were. And then one day I was in that gas station and I seen someone with the, with their shirt on. And I was like, you work for Brex, do you know AJ? Yeah. And uh he was like, Yeah, we're I'm doing something or whatever. But um I had never seen them um not until until that together in the trades and then this yeah. crazy proximity you see them and then I, I knew who it was yep. to ask the person. So yeah, yeah. no, nah, but I don't know, nah, not on a regular basis, no. I think they are. I feel like most of their stuff is they're either out on some massive commercial development or out on a pipeline somewhere. So I guess I guess the general public probably doesn't yeah. see them. They're doing crazy stuff. I, I seen pictures on there, like because I, you know, we followed each other after, um, after meeting each other. Yeah, and it, it, it's crazy. Like you go all the way to Montana to find out you know someone 
20 minutes, minutes, down 20 the minutes from you. And it's the same wow. thing happened with Aaron Thunderbird down at Equip Expo. Yeah, he was just yeah. walking through and I seen him and then boom, he's like, yo, let's do lunch. And I'm like, Psh, you're you live in South Carolina. That's what I thought. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, no, nah, I live in Allison Park. Oh, my God. 20 minutes away from me. Yep. And then we went to Chick-fil-A after that. We've been friends ever since. Was that but, this past Equip or the one before that? Uh, 20... One. Oh, two years ago. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Uh, yeah. Aaron's a good guy. Uh, Aaron's a good guy. That's got a cool business going on up there. That is, uh, it's isn't it crazy how you can have a company that's so large and and like it just shows how many it just shows how much work there is to go around. I think at the end of the day, like Brex is doing ten mil and I you know. and you live twenty minutes from and you didn't even know who they were. Like that. That's what's wild and it's like just very eye opening. Yeah. Well. When you think about it, there's people like that all over the country we don't know about. Yeah. Because we think that the only people, like, um, oh, at least in my experience, it's like the people who have $10 million companies or are worth $10 million, they're all famous. When I was growing up, it was all famous people. So I thought, I didn't realize, there's like over almost 11,000 millionaires in America. So they're all around. They're like walking around with a white T-shirt on. You know, they're walking through Target, just living life. And you don't even know yeah. that they're that they're millionaires, you know. And just like with AJ and uh, Alicia, you just I, I never you could be walking through Walmart. You see these two. He's got a big a big old bear, you know, walking through with his wife and his kids. They're just casually shopping for Christmas, probably. Boom. Yeah. Ten million dollar company. So it, it's it's cool. And then also. In our industry, it's like those people you could talk to right through Instagram if you want, if you, you know, you mm-hmm. can ask them questions if that's what you, if that's what your desire is, is to one day have a company like that. Cause I just do lawn maintenance. I'm cool with that. But to do, I mean, you said laying pipelines and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Have you, have you seen like some of the hills they work on? It's insane. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, some of that stuff, like you can barely walk up um, and they got huge pieces of equipment out there on it. It's funny because I, I do shop tours around in Pittsburgh. Um, I, One day, I hopefully, I can travel to other places. I did one yeah. in Cincinnati with the RFS, yeah. the really fast yeah. service twins, the Cincy twins. Um, But I was scheduling one to do with them, with, with Bricks Enterprises. And uh, unfortunately, it couldn't work out because all of their equipment is on job sites that <laughs> you're not never, allowed to yeah. film on. Yeah, it's you never You can't film the out there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, nah, so they were like, I don't know how it's going to how well it can be and i was like yeah you know you're right you're right but that's such hilarious. Is life. yeah that's right such is life that's hilarious uh <clears throat> well so you said you kind of slow down for the winter um you just wait on snow you do your leaf cleanups do you do any other landscaping uh, throughout the year like do you do shrub pruning or mulch or anything like that or is it pretty much you just do the mowing oh no so we focus on property maintenance so okay. we do the the we do about seven things so that's the lawn maintenance. We do uh, shrub trimming. Um, we do spring and fall cleanup. So I guess you can count that as one or two if you like. Uh, we do snow removal um, with commercial plowing. Um, yeah. We do some residential uh, long driveways. Uh, mulch installations. I, I pretty much, and you know, that's pretty much what I like to do. So yeah. once all of the leaves are done and we've completed all of our cleanups and everything, sometimes I'll take on, like I do... Outside of my 94 uh, properties that we take care of, we might do 12, 13 uh, outside like leaf cleanups mm-hmm. and everything. But like I said, over the last three years, I've really 
dialed it in and I've got my client base to where I want. My price is where I need it to be. And uh, we just, like I said, I know what's going to come in. It's very, very repetitive. I like the recurring uh, income. I'd like to know what's coming in so I can base everything in my life off of what I know to be true mm-hmm. rather than a hope or a dream that you might sell some jobs. Um, yeah. Is, is this a, this might, we might dive into something here. I don't know. I'm just curious. Is that a personality trait of yours? Like, is that something that you, you want like the, the structure, the, the, um, not that you, it, it sounds like maybe you like, you don't want to take a bunch of risk. Does that make, does that make sense? And maybe I'm reading that the wrong way. I don't mean that by any, I'm, I'm just trying to, to open up a can here that, that I want to dive into. Like Savannah, if you ever listen, if you may ever listen to our show, Savannah is the type of person, she wants everything laid out. She wants to know where her money's coming from the next six months. Like that's just how she is. I'm a little bit of the opposite. I am, let's take the risk. Let's go here. Let's do this. And do, where do you fall in that as in that uh, chart there? What would you say? Uh, so some, I always say this, people say, uh, let's go to the casino. And I'm like, yeah. I, I don't like to gamble on things that I, I don't, I don't have any control over. So mm-hmm. I would play you, Jeremiah, in basketball one-on-one. We, I would bet you like just, I, I don't mean anything, but I'm just saying like, because I have the ball in my hands and I get to control my own destiny. So I know like, I have an opportunity to control the outcome here. When you just gamble or you just take a risk going into the unknown with you've Correct. never done something before yeah. and you just invest a whole bunch of money into it, I think that scares me. And uh, yeah. I, that's just scare a lot of people. Yeah. So when, um, so you're more of a calculated risk type of person. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's like, I, if I'm okay with like, all right, let's say risk is debt. Yeah. Okay. Um, if if I just go and say I want to buy the brand new Toro Multiforce HDX that's going to be seventeen thousand dollars out the door, sixty mm-hmm. inch, whatever. Before you even put the, the hydraulics and stuff on it, so the hydraulics and everything, you're probably around twenty thousand dollars for this mower. For a if mower, I just go insane, right? I know, but it, some people because they see they might see my mowers on the internet or your mowers or yeah. Brian's mowers. They're like, I need that to be successful. And then they just go do that blindly with, they don't have properties yet is yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. My my thought process is like, yeah, I, I'm willing to take that gamble on that machine. But first, let me make sure that I have something to do with this machine. Mm-hmm. So I feel like if I can go out and sell 35 properties that need that particular mower. Yeah. And I'm going to mow those every single week for around 30 to 32 weeks here in Pittsburgh for me and what we use it for. Then I can pay pay that machine off in one year. Then there's no risk anymore Mm -hmm. because once I pay it off, I'm done. And I feel like that's a better that helps me sleep at night. Like I don't have to worry about making the payments because I've already covered the cost of this mower. Um, And I, I know there's. We could talk about profits with Payjack, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. To know actually what your numbers are and when you actually break even on that mower. But in my in my mind, how I see the world, it's like once I pay that off, now it's mine, I own it. I'm going to take great care of it, number one, and then it's going to last me for seven years. Yeah. yeah. And so over the course of those seven years, I'm going to make so much money with this with this mower. That's how I look at it. So it's like it, the gamble is is not uh it's not really a gamble at that point yeah if you already have the work 
I hope that answered your question. Yeah, no, that I, that's good. I, I just I wanted to I wanted to see how that has fared for you in the the entrepreneurial business journey because you get into this um, you get into this world of owning a business and trying to get new clients and trying to grow and you never you never truly know what tomorrow holds. At the end of the day, like you could have a contract that's for three years, wake up tomorrow and it be canceled. Like contracts are meant to be broken. It just is what it is. Um, mm-hmm. And so, yeah, does that give you a little a little better um, feeling to sleep at night, like that you have it locked up for the next 36 months. Yes, I hope it does, and it should. But you got to always remember what, I, like I said, contracts are meant to be broken. A very wise person once told me that who's high up in a, in the ladder of a company, a large construction company. And he was like, Look, we make contracts all the time, and they're not, it just is what it is. It's, it's very hard to make them stand legally to make somebody like make them keep using you for the next three years. And so by the time you get into legal fees and do all this stuff, it's not really worth it. And I just know that in our journey of business, like we have definitely taken risk along the way. We're, we're taking a risk right now. Um, we're looking at that. And we just shared on Monday show. Um, we're looking at purchasing some land and, and hopefully going to be closing on that in January. And it's uh, it's definitely a, a big risk. It's a calculated risk, like we said. Uh, but it's one that I feel like is it's the time to make the move. Um, we need to get a place to get out and, and get our equipment, and um, be it, it will allow us to grow to open up doors for growth. But I, I just wanted to hear that from you, and like I, I like that point of view because I think that's a, a lot of guys do get caught up in the the shiny new object syndrome, and it's like you can't. You can't do that. You need stuff that's gonna, you need stuff that's gonna get the work done for you for what you have, and then as you bring on new work, then you go get the new equipment. Um, that was a perfect case in point. Like we bought a mini skid this year. We bought that mini skid after we had done work that needed it for about three months and had work lined up for the next three months that needed it. And so, like we we proved the test of like, are we gonna be able to sustain this? And I think that's kind of the point you're trying to get across is like, if you're gonna do it. Do it. It's not that you don't need the twenty thousand dollar mower. It's just like get some things in line first before you go spend twenty grand on a mower. Yeah, because you can't build your house on sandy, like the on sandy soil. You yeah. need concrete. You need bedrock. And I feel like that's how I'm starting. Like some people come into this and they knew business. Man, I came into this totally blind. All I knew was how to push a a, a lawnmower from being a child. Yeah. I didn't know anything. When I started this, it was completely blind. I went into it not knowing anything about equipment or how to run a business. Any, I don't, I'm still learning as we speak. And this is why I always say, I can't tell people what to do. I just tell you what I do. And if you can use it, then use it. If not, then go ahead and go a different direction. Come mm-hmm. s- seek Jeremiah's opinion or the other people who are out in, in this community. But I didn't know anything. And I was like, I need to, establish a foundation of how I'm going to do things. Cause if I can prove out this, this way of doing things, the safe and conservative way, mm-hmm. then I'll have, uh, I wouldn't say a nest egg, but I'll have a foundation to stand on where I know. Cause once you have that, like you, we, we played sports, Jeremiah. Oh yeah. Once you have the foundational fundamentals of whatever sport it is, whether it's your golf swing or free throw, how to do a layup, how to throw a pass, catch a pass, run a block, block, any of those things, you had to learn how to do them first, like the right way. And then if there's a different way to do it after that, because you're so great, then you can, you can adapt and make it, you know, maybe there's a new way to teach this thing how to do it. You know what I mean? So I felt like 
let me start at the beginning. Let me learn how to do a right-handed and a left-hand layup. I'm start with lawn maintenance, and I'm going to start with zero debt outside of a truck. I needed to have a pickup truck, so I did go and get a piece of crap blue pickup truck, a Nissan Frontier, and I practiced with that. I, the, as soon as I got that, I never driven with a trailer before, Jeremiah. Mm. So wow. would I go out and spend $10,000 on a sure track because Brian has a dope sure track and I want to mm. have one like that? But guess what happened? Man, the first day that I drove with this trailer on the Lowe's trailer, I jackknifed the thing and put a hole in the, in the side. No way. Of the truck. Uh, yeah. And two days later, did it on the other side. Oh, my goodness. So can you imagine if I went and spent $80,000 on a truck because I seen the people on the Internet have that? Yeah. And then I ruined it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So instead of stuff, instead of doing things like that, when I don't, I'm going into the abyss of things I've never experienced before. Mm. Why would I go out and get a big mower? Why would I go out and have a eight a, a $1,500 truck payment? Why would I you know spend money that on a mower i did this too not a huge mower but i spent six hundred dollars on a 48 inch husqvarna i think that's how you say their name but a 48 inch uh tr riding tractor <laughs> that yeah. wasn't gonna make me do i could cut the yards faster with a 21 inch push mower than i could with that thing yep seriously so it just sat in my garage but that was a small mistake it wasn't a eighteen thousand dollar mistake yeah. And then the mower sits in your garage for two and a half years until you can sell it to someone for 500. And then they realize they couldn't use it either because he was trying to keep up with me. Yeah. I, you know, it's, but yeah, so it is, I'm, I'm just, I just want to, I want to build. And then maybe in a few years from now, like I, I've only been doing this good for the last three years. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Before that, I was a, a scrub who didn't know what the hell he was doing in three years from now, then I might be able to say, all right, let's scale a business. But for right now, I'm trying to build a, a foundation. No, that's good. I, I think uh, we're going to come back to that scaling and growing. Um, I wanted to dive into that some more, but the, the thing that I think you're hitting on there is huge is at the end of the day, you cannot let what you see on the internet influence you, influence you to make decisions influence you to make bad business decisions. It should influence you in a positive way. Anything that anybody who has a brand deal with a mower or shows off a mower or buys a new mower for their business and shows it off, you have to remember what stage of business they're in. Have they been in business for 10 years or two years? Um, what, what does their clientele look like? Like How are they growing? And you have to remember that it's not a one-size-fits-all world out there. And that's what my, I try to get that point across almost more than any other point is like every piece of business advice you hear for the most part is take it and put it into your own, do your own business and your own life because people do what they like to do and what works for them. And it doesn't always mean that's what works for you and what you want to do. Like should is a should, we say should a lot more than we should today. Like, why, why should I tell you, you should be doing something like who's, uh, whose opinion is that? Like that, that's my opinion of what you should, why would I tell you to do that? Like, that's right. not, that's not, I don't, I'm not a believer in that at all. Like, I think you can make the decisions to put you in a position in life that you want to be in. And at the end of the day, it comes down to 
you. Like, I'm going to make my decisions that are going to get me to where I want to be or going to make bad decisions to where they're going to put me backwards. But that's not on anybody else to tell me I should or should make those decisions. There are people that guide you along the way, um, and there are people that give you positive input. And I will sit here and continue to say, I believe that you can implement a CRM in your business and it can take you to a new level. But there are people that say you shouldn't implement, you shouldn't implement a CRM or you shouldn't uh, spend this much money. And it's like, guys, like, and, and this is me preaching to the choir. Like, I say should way more than I should. Like, literally. Uh, it, it's hard to do. It's in our everyday language. But why am I putting my beliefs on somebody else? You know what I mean? Does that make sense? Yeah, cause, and that's, that's what I uh, said to uh, Cedric when we started Lawn Care Power Moves. Um, and I also said on my new show, On the Attack with Mac, um, that I heard Jim Rohn say that uh, a mentor once told him um, that he won't insult him by trying to tell him what to think. He's just trying to help him on how to think mm. because the answers come from your own experiences. But if you have a guideline, then we can both help each other. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Uh, you know, um, so at the end of the day, it's like the guideline is the green industry. This is this is the thing. So but within the green industry, you have all of these different avenues of information. So who should you listen to? Should you listen to me and Cedric or should you listen to Jeremiah or Brian or Paul? Jim Rohn says you should listen to all of them and then make the decision that's best for you. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, who's living this life? You, Not Jeremiah's not living your life and I'm yeah. not living your life. You are. Yeah. And so you got to make the best decision for you because Jeremiah uses John Deere. I use Toro. Yeah. The John Deere dealer for me is an hour away. I watch Jeremiah's content. I listen to Jeremiah's podcast. I loved John Deere. My first ever mower was a uh, commercial mower was a John Deere 648 uh, quick R quick track. Yeah. 648 yeah. R quick track. That yeah. was my first my first mower. Uh, but I, I was taking it to the Toro dealer to get fixed because the Toro dealer is 15 minutes from my house. Yeah. And West Central, the uh, the John Deere dealer is uh, like 55 minutes from my house. So if I was just trying to do what I seen Jeremiah do, because I enjoy his content and I enjoy his personality, but I'm driving an hour to go get my equipment maintenance, mm. this is idiotic. Yeah. But you can listen to how good a John Deere mower is. You can listen to how good a Toro mower is and a Skag mower and a Wright mower and Yachta, the new mowers that are coming out, whatever. And then look around because all of the mowers are great. Like I'm not, this is not to say one is better than the other. The best one is going to probably be the one that's closest to you where you can have a good relationship with that dealer, where you can go in and like the old, I know Jeremiah, this is before your time, but the old uh, sitcom Cheers, where everyone knows your name. Um, you familiar with that? Jeremiah? Nah, I have no clue what that is. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Ask your parents about Cheers, but it, it was a bar. And when they came in, when someone came in, everyone in the whole bar knew their name. Really? And they would all say their name. Hey, whatever. I can't remember yeah. people's names on whatever. But do that with your dealer. Yeah. You know? And that's how I mean, make the decisions based off of what can best suit you, your situation, where you are currently in this moment. Because if you take care of that, you know. The past doesn't really matter. You've learned from that. Take care of this moment and then focus on where you're going to be. Because you could have the the nice box truck like Jeremiah, the, the twills on the, the beautiful John Deere. You know, whatever. Everything's possible for you, I think. 
Yeah. No, I think so too. I think I think you control your destiny, but you can't get caught up in what other people would think because and here's the thing, like I'm not gonna I'm look, I'm gonna sit here and tell you, look, if you if you watch my stuff and you like John Deere and, and a John Deere fits your business model, go buy a John Deere. Like I hope that it influences you in a way to go buy a John Deere. Like that's kind of the point of what we're doing here. If Mac is showing you a Toro multiforce and you have access to a Toro multiforce and you like what Cornell's putting out and you see it works for him in his business, then go get a Toro and say, Hey, Cornell sent me your way and I watch his content and love what I see. Like, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Like that at the end of the day, you want to use people and you want to get real life examples to be able to put into your business and say, Hey, they use this this way. We mow a lot of the same areas. We do the same stuff. Like that is good. That's not what we're saying yeah. here. It's just the fact that like you cannot solely go off of what you see on somebody who's showing something off because you have to put it in to whatever fits you in your model. And and I and I challenge anybody out there. I, this challenge will come to me myself included. Like try to think about the way you you word your vocabulary now and try to try to take should out of your vocabulary a little more and see how hard it is because and see how much it shows you how much you're trying to give your opinion on somebody else's life and how much you're trying mm. to put your belief and your uh, philosophy on their life and their business. And it's like, why? Why? Like, why would we do that? And I, I love what you just said. It's not how you should think. It's let's teach you how to think, like how to make those decisions. And when you get to that level of thinking in your mind, then you get to a level where people can actually come into you and say, hey, I want, I have I have this question I want advice I don't have, I don't want advice on what I should do I want advice on how I can process this myself The Entrepreneur Academy is your online destination for learning how to grow a successful lawn and landscaping company. Hi, this is Scott from New Jersey. I just wanted to say that Brian puts out some great content, definitely has helped me grow my lawn and landscape business. Just finished my fourth or fifth coaching call with Brian, and every time I get off a call, I'm definitely ready to go out there and crush it. I also just recently purchased the whole ball of wax from Entrepreneur Academy loving all the content. Brian's definitely out there looking out for our best interest and trying to help us grow a bigger and better business. The link is in the show description. Make your business as successful as possible with training and resources from the Entrepreneur Academy. And when you learn how to make your own decisions and become a, a free thinker for yourself, that's what's mm-hmm. going to take you to new heights. And yep. that is the importance of getting around people like a Cornell, like a Cedric, um, like people who are in a place of leadership or influence, you can say, having uh, a, a podcast or a YouTube or an Instagram or whatever it is. Like, and, and this isn't, so you got to vet your people wisely nowadays. There's a new guru for everything out there now. <laughs> right. Yeah. But, no but get around people who are truly giving to the community and giving to the, in the aspect of they want you to be better in life and in business. And, when you find those people, get around them and get in conversation with them and ask them, how do I train myself to think this way or, or think or think through these issues? Like, if you go into a... Like, tell me this. You were in the master group at LAL. Like, mm-hmm. you don't think a lot of those high-level people, the Corey Ballards, the Leroy's, the Sam Gimbals, you don't think they know how to think on their own? Like, uh, they, yeah, of course. They know how to think on their own. And I guarantee you they've been with people or coaches or mentors who have taught them how to work through things. Like they're making high-level decisions at a high-caliber level. Like look at Mark Bradley. 
He ran a $50 million landscape company. He's now grown a software company. Like, the dude is a is a thinker who is very highly, um, not educated, but just like, he's he's been through life. He's, he's learned how to think through things, how to process things. I got to I got the honor of having converse, lunch with him in conversation uh, up there at the event, and it's like just listening to him talk, he was not telling me how to do things. We were talking about time blocking. He didn't tell me, mm-hmm. you should go home and time block. You should live off of a calendar. You should do this. He said, when I was getting started, I lived by a time block. I lived off of my calendar. This is where it got me. Yeah. In turn... I, if I have any sense, can say, hey, look where he is. How did he get here? Let's take some of this and implement it in my life. But it wasn't him telling me what I should or shouldn't do. And that's what you got to be careful about. This is, again, pointing fingers to myself here. I have to work on this. When you're listening and consuming content, look out for the people who are saying, you should do this, you should do that. Because it's usually them probably selling you something of their own. And it's not to say that selling something of their own isn't, isn't good. Like, if you have a course or something, go sell it if, it if you're trying to make people better. I'm not against that at all. But don't impose your will on someone else because you think you know better than they do. Yeah, and that's why I changed the uh, the phrase. And I catch myself uh, whenever I'm on either podcast that I do because uh, uh, another thing that we do is we – well, at least I do is I say most people mm-hmm. are doing. And yeah. I'm like – then I stop myself. I always try and catch myself when I say that. And I'm like, hold on, let me let me just tell you how I think. Because that phrase that I said, uh, I won't insult you by telling you what to think. Instead, I want to teach you how to think is. I changed it to I just want to tell you how I think, because if I could tell you how I think, then that's all. That's the I'm the expert in how I think. Yeah, I'm not an expert <laughs> yeah. in. Any anything in green industry or anything. I'm an expert in how I think, how I feel, and that's what I want to help people to be an expert on themselves and block out the rest of the nonsense. Because if it ain't helping you, then we ain't winning. None of us can win if you ain't taking care of yourself first. And so I'm like, let me tell you how I think, because this is what's helping me, because maybe you're in the same situation or maybe something similar to how I how I feel. Maybe you came through a, a similar path as I, or maybe the path that I went through is something that you're going to go through. Yeah. And then if I can tell you what happened for me and how I changed my brain, then you can use that as a point of reference to say, well, at least that dude did it, you know, or, or that, that woman did it mm-hmm. or those people did it, you know? And then also you can look at those people who haven't done it and see, and then now you can look at them as, right next to each other which one would you want to be the person who was doing this thing who told you how to do it you know didn't tell you that you should do it but just how to do it here here's the food if you want to eat it eat it if you don't leave it there for the next person you know rather than here let me force feed you and strap you to this chair open your mouth up put a funnel in and just here now you have to eat it i'm telling you what you should not bro it don't work that way Mm. like also if I can't even show my work, then how do I even know that what you're saying is real? So yeah. I'm like, let me just show you. This is what I did here. This is the story behind it. And this is why I think the way I think. Then you can, as Cedric always says, chew up the meat and spit out the bones. Take with, with you what you need and leave the rest. And anybody with thought. any anybody who's genuine saying like following these principles, it's they're probably not even going to say that it's their way is the right way. 
it's so, just saying this is the way that we've done. And this will help me. Exactly. And you can and there I don't I don't think there's anything wrong with you getting around somebody like a Mark Bradley or a Sam Gimble or whatever, getting in conversation with them and taking away principles of things they've done and sharing those principles and saying, Hey, this is what they've done. Like I think they would be happy with you doing that as long as you do it accurately because their their mission is to reach the community, better the community, help people grow businesses, help people grow lives. So you can do that, but don't say Sam said you should do this. Right. Sam said he did this to grow his company. It worked for him. Here's what did or didn't work. And so I don't want to I don't want to spin in circles, but I, I think it's yeah. I think it's something that is huge and um it's 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 a real epidemic that we have to face that pe- a lot of people no one is talking about really. Uh, but I'm glad to, to hear that you're kind of on the same page with that, Cornell. It's uh, refreshing to hear that. And so we're going to try to be better about that moving forward. I, I hope that a lot of you guys out there that if you're just living your everyday life, like try and help somebody else in the community, just remember, share what works for you. Don't try to impose your will on them. Um, let's transition, hard, hard pivot over to growth versus scaling. We just did a whole show on this on Friday talking about what is internal growth. Can you still grow a company without adding guys? Can you still um, grow a company without adding revenue? And a lot of people would be like, that's not growth. What is that? Uh, I beg to differ. Uh, I'd love to hear your opinion on this, kind of dive in a little deeper. I don't want to do the exact same show that you did on the Green Grind because I, I got to listen to that episode with uh, you and Corey and Leroy, and that was a very good episode. I, I love the approach you took there. Um, it's refreshing to hear somebody else that thinks this way. From day one, I've said I'm never going to be that person. Never is a strong word. I, I, I hesit- I'm hesitant to say that. I hope that I will be very far down the road if hopefully hopefully never will be that person that says you have to scale a company. Now I've never scaled a company successfully to a large model, so I don't know what my belief will be if I ever do that. So that's why I'm hesitant to say never. But from this level of where I'm at now, a similar level to where Cornell you are, I think it's easy for people who scale to say you have to do this. What else are you why are you not why are you not scaling? What is the downside to it? Well, that might not be what you want in life. That might not be what you want. And so share the approach with that. Like, what is your approach on, on scaling versus maintaining? We'll, we'll, Cliff Notes version, I don't, again, if you want to hear Cornell's full deep dive into this, go listen to The Green Grind. Like, it was an awesome episode. But I want to get some of your Cliff Notes for our show because I think it's a really good conversation. Um, well, so it was uh, actually, I've been saying this, since me and Cedric started the podcast, why I was like, I don't want to talk about business so much mm. because I feel like the podcasts are teaching people how to do business. And if they want to scale, then they can listen to all of the great uh, green industry podcasts that are more about the practical business knowledge. Mm-hmm. For me, I was searching for freedom and happiness and joy Um and I found that through just getting on my lawnmower, especially once I got the riding lawnmowers. It's like I was able to, like, you're by yourself yeah. out there. And you got time to think. And you got time to, I, I mean, I listen to the a lot of the greatest speakers of the history of the world. I listen to audio books, you know, by Napoleon Hill. And I'm listening to Les Brown and Jim Rohn. And I'm just reevaluating my life where I'm at while I'm on the lawnmowers you know sometimes I'm out there and I just might every time I might hear the same the same speech but I hear it differently 
because I'm thinking something different that day. And then, you know, I can go back in the, in my brain and, and fix that thing, whatever it was and see it a different way. Mm. And what I realized was like, while I'm out there, that's my opportunity to be by myself, get my, my brain together. And then once I started to get my brain together, I started to ask myself, well, what is success? Do I have to have a $10 million company, like $30 million company like Corey did? Do I have to have a $5 million company, $8 million company like Sam and, uh, and, um, Leroy, Leroy. Yeah. Right. Uh, I don't know because what I realized was, is I had two full-time jobs whenever I started one making $18 an hour, the other one making $13 an hour. I was gone for 80 to 90 hours a week. Every single day when I came when I came home, my kids was already asleep. My wife was tired. When I left in the morning, it wasn't even light outside yet. My kids was my whole family was asleep. Mm. I was going to work. My wife was basically a single mother. And when I started my business, at the beginning, I was like, I gotta, I'm gonna be big. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take all of these yards. I'm gonna get employees. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. And then I still wasn't getting home till eight and nine o'clock at night. My wife was like, Hold on, I thought that you start to cut grass so that you could actually be home and control what you're doing. You ain't controlling nothing. Mm. You're still doing the same thing. And then I was just like, yo, wh why did I even start doing this in the first place? It wasn't to be popular. It wasn't to even be on social media, even though I do that now. It wasn't for any of that. It was to be home. It was to, you know, read my daughter midnight stories, be there if something happens in the middle of the night. I could console her. You know, it was to, you know, watch a movie on the couch with my wife on Saturday instead of being stuck on a couch at a group home waiting to do a restraint, mm. waiting to give out meds or do something, like whatever, something that I didn't choose to do. And although it was fulfilling, it was just like my life is wasted. And so whenever I got into like starting to do this lawn care thing the correct way, I just looked around. I mean, also, we sat in the master class. I don't know. I've been in that master class at Entrepreneur Academy for two straight years. And uh I I one of the things that rang true was like the people who who had those big companies and they went through a lot of struggles. Big time. And some of them some people uh, you know, divorces, you know, they weren't home ever, stressed out all the time yep. and i just thought to myself while i sat in those master classes because i was thinking of grow 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 and i was just like i don't want that mm. you know i don't want to lose my my family I, don't, I my kids are at the age where they need me to be here i'm not i'm 40 if i was 20 if i was your age that would you know, i might be different yeah i might think differently but at 40 years old i'm like bro i got 94 yards we 57 do the math 57 is the minimum. The highest is 385 a week for 32 weeks. Then we do fall cleanups. We do mulch inst installs. We do snow removal. Um, I do this with one person. He's living a much better life now. I live a good life. Um, we're growing linearly. My prices are raised. We are more efficient. We are able to buy our equipment and get it paid off fast. I'm, I'm not stressed out at all. Now, there is some stress that's involved. Nothing is 100% stress-free. Yeah. I could get hurt. We could get into a car accident or something like that. I, I'm not naive to that fact, but 
I'm home at four o'clock, five o'clock at the latest, Monday through Thursday, one o'clock, two o'clock at the latest on Friday, no weekends, do whatever I want with my family, Mm. go where we want, eat out. If my wife don't feel like cooking, because I'm not cooking, (laughs) we're going to go to Texas Roadhouse or Chick-fil-A or whatever. My daughter needs new basketball shoes or my son wants to go, uh, whatever. Cool. We yeah. could do that. And it's not, that's not to be braggadocious or, or boastful. I'm just saying, like, once you get yourself to where you are happy, like, what is the, who's to say what success is but you? Mm. Like, and for me, it was like, I feel successful already. So do I need to scale to have 10 employees? I, yeah, I could have an impact on, you know, 10, 20 people who work for Mac Landscaping and Lawn Care. Um, but I can have an impact on thousands of people through talking on a podcast or through making a YouTube video meant to help people. And I was like, yo, what's the, what is success again? Like, is it scaling to $10 million when just being honest, my passion ain't lawn care. Like I ain't get in here cause I love cutting grass and I, I want to trim hedges and I want to sweat and, mm. and be hurt and, Jeremiah must cut his doggone fingers off. Mm, like, we ain't yeah. getting along. I got into lawn care to be with my family, to be a dope dad, to go to basketball games, to go to Disney World, to to be around my family, to be a blessing, and to be present. Not to be gone, because I'm trying to be the next person that we see on social media. Mm. So, yes, I mean, everyone's entitled to do whatever they want, but I just feel like and I've been saying this since we started Power Moves, bro. Like I said earlier, I just feel like do what you like to do. Take all of the information and then use it for yourself. There's so many good things to be learned from guys like Corey and Sam and Leroy and all of the people and Mark Bradley. Use the stuff. But you don't have to grow your company to what them companies are. But the stuff that they do is proven to work in our industry. So you need to listen to that stuff. And I I won't say should, but I do think that you need to listen to all of the information that you possibly can get and gather for yourself so you can make the best possible decision for you and your life and where your goal is and where your dream is. Because Corey had a dream to have a huge company and he succeeded in that. My dream was to fly through the sky like Michael Jordan. Because I thought that was the best life ever. Get to do something that you enjoy doing and then you don't have to work. And what I discovered was I really enjoy talking. I really enjoy making YouTube videos and helping people that way. So I'd rather do that because I found that I have a little bit of a talent for it. So, yeah, my that's my opinion. Grove yeah. or scale, you could do whatever you want. Um, but I personally feel like the internal growth is better because if once you, I, I'll leave you, oh, I won't leave you with this because we're still talking, mm-hmm. but I, I once heard, um, I forgot what I was going to say right there. Jeremy. No, That's you're good. You're good. No, it'll come That's back to you. It'll come back to yeah. you because, <clears throat> because you get fired up and you get in, you get your, your brain rolling and you're processing all these thoughts and it's, it's hard to get them all out. But I think that what you're saying is good, and I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sit here and tell you everyone that you should listen to to what he said and take it as as the gospel. But I would highly recommend you to 
go back five minutes, listen to what uh, Cornell said there, and see if it applies to your situation. You can't you can't let someone else's dream of scaling a company turn into yours if it's not truly yours. Like, don't try to put yourself, don't try to put their dreams into your life if it's not the dream you're trying to chase. Chase your dreams, chase your goals, hit those goals, hit those dreams, and be content with where you are in life. Never be satisfied. Always be looking to grow, be better. But again, growth doesn't have to be growing numbers or people or whatever. It can be growing internally, such as adding systems, such as growing your uh, bottom line revenue, growing your efficiencies, doing a lot of different things in your company there. So um, giving giving more back to, to charity or to the church or to your community, whatever, whatever it is for you. So take all of that. And, and what Cornell said there is like, I have rarely seen people who have scaled large, large, large companies make it through with a family life that hasn't been drug through the mud. And a lot of times they don't even make it through the mud to the other side. They fall apart in the mud. And so, like, is that what you want? Is that the life you want to live? Is that, do you want to reset at 40 with a new wife because your other one didn't make it through because all you did was grind and you didn't spend time with your kids? Like, is that what you want? If that's the life you want, take off. But if not, calculate your risk, go into it with a game plan. If you want to scale, but you want to hold on to your family life, hey, get around people who have done it. There are people out there who have done it. There are people that are going to do it in the future. That's not. I'm not saying it's not possible. I'm just saying that the overwhelming majority for what I have consumed myself and people that I've been around, they've gone through a lot to get to that point in their company. And so just make sure that it's the route you want to take. And if it is, you know the risk that comes along with it. You know the sacrifice that comes with it. And, hey, take it by the horns and go. Uh, I hope that I hope that you succeed with it. They also got to understand that I'm 40 years old. Exactly. So I'm where I'm at now is different. There, I heard this guy say one time on a on an Instagram reel. Um, he was just talking. I don't know what the context was, but he said you blew your youth. He said you can't get it back. You blew your youth. You're 40 years old now. And when I heard that, I was just like, yo, hmm, you can't go back and fix the things that you didn't when you're 40. You can't at 40 years old. I can't afford to mess up again. Like you can't start it. Like you just said, bro, I don't want to go to, you know, going to the bathroom and I got to shut the door. I've been with my wife for so doggone long. No, you know how comfortable we are together. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And to lose that over trying to scale a lawn care business. Like, no, nah, bro, I blew my youth learning how like wanting to scale a business and put myself first and be egotistical and not worry about anybody else. That, that, that point for me is over. Now I have children. Number one, I got a son who has to see how a father is supposed to act towards their kid. Mm. And I got two daughters that's supposed to see how a dad is supposed to act towards the daughter, but also this is how a man is supposed to treat me. Like, should my dude always be gone or should he be home? Well, they see their dad home all the time, you know? Also, they also get to see, like, someone who's like me or someone who's like you who works their behind off can still win in life. And those type of people are viable options because now in the social media world that we live in, everyone wants their, every young lady wants their husband to be making $500,000 a year. And that ain't. Come on, that ain't reality. Mm. But my daughters are going to get to see like, all right, well, if this guy who treats me well uh, happens to be a plumber, owns a plumbing company, 
and he's small. Well, my life was pretty doggone good with my dad's small business because he was always there. It might not have been a $10 million company, but my dad was always there. We didn't really need anything. He was present. And he was present. And and, and that's very important to me. So um, sacrifices have to be made when you're trying to uh, scale to something bigger. And at 40 years old, um, I've missed that. I want to say I've missed that opportunity, but to make that stuff more priority to my life than my actual life, I've already passed that part. So I was wasting my time playing basketball and, you know, recreational sports and stuff in my youth. I wasn't trying to scale a company. I didn't even have a company. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So now that I'm where I'm at, I'm like, I'm I'm way behind. Jeremiah's 20, what, four? 20, 20, yeah, just turned 24, yeah. All right, 24 years old, I'm 40. But we're sitting here talking on a podcast right now. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm talking to a, a young man who gets to hear some of my experiences that you may never even have to encounter because we had a conversation or me and you, you know, talked about it and the same thing with our, with our kids and everything. So yeah, I, I just want to have a, uh, a, I'd say a well-balanced life. Yeah. That makes sense. You know what I mean? As it, as it pertains to the scaling versus growing internal growth, I believe is, is the better way. This is what I was going to say. Jim Rohn said that one of his mentors told him set a goal to become a millionaire not be not for the money, but for the person that you have to become to become that. Because once you become a millionaire, you can just give all of the money away because you know how you got it. And the person that you are now, you can go get another million. Mm. And that's how I, I feel like we need to like, if you already make yourself, if you've already grown a business to say a hundred thousand dollars, a lot, there's not a lot of people in this, in this world that can't do that you've become a different person to be able to do that. And now that you've become that person, like let's, let's keep enhancing that because then you can scale out or grow linearly. Like, yeah, I seen a video where Brian and I talked about this a lot, but he posted a video where a $75,000 business could easily be a $300,000 business by adding on these other services. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's what I did. Simple, bro. As soon as that happened, I was like, Oh, cool. This is, I like where I'm at now. You know, now let me work on this person because I can duplicate this all day long. I, I'm a rambler too, by the that's way. Good. That's good. That's no, there's no rambling there. That is, uh, that's good. That's good advice. And it's good. Just real life. Like, Hey, this is what we've done. Um, I, I respect that a lot. I think that again, may not be for everybody, but if it is for you, take it and run with it. And so I hope that it, it helps you out there today. If you're trying to make those decisions going into the new year, it's a big time for goal setting, for planning, for just vision casting. Where do you want to be in two, three, four years? Um, go into the new year, make good habits, put those things in place, and you can get there. Uh, but one question I did want to ask you about, going all the way back to the very beginning of the show, how do you uh, – so it's just you and Captain Jack. You say it's pretty – everybody knows who Captain Jack is. Uh, cool thing you have going with him. How do you – what do you do for winter for him? Does that make sense? Do you keep him on payroll? Do you let it – does he go on to unemployment? Does he like it? What What does that uh, look like? I think that would be probably one of the number one questions people would give you. Well, he has a uh, he has a job that he keeps throughout the whole year. Um, okay. Where he, that he works. Uh, but whenever we get into lawn care season, he comes to me to work for, for – with me for uh, full time. So when the winter comes um, – we go all we go from like mid February, him he comes on like mid February February, all the way till the end of November, 
And then he's okay. off for like two and a half months. He goes to work full time hours at the uh, at the. He don't live close enough to me to like be a part of the snow mm-hmm. uh, yet. Um, but things are. I'm looking to do some new things in the in the in 2024. So hopefully yeah. we can bring him on to uh, you know 12 month services. But for right now, he goes to work at another job. Yeah, that's um, cool. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day. I I had to because he wasn't he wasn't doing anything. Uh, but then when he got this job, like we start to see things. Me and Captain Jack grew up rough, bro. Mm-hmm. So as when he came on, like like I said, I was in the blue truck. It ain't have air conditioner. Uh, the heat didn't work. So once we got into November, it was it was cold. We had the the windows would get foggy. It was <laughs> it was tough sledding. But now, uh, you know, after that, we upgraded to a different truck. And then to another truck, and then now to the dump truck, and at the same time, his pay has gone up. Both of our lives have gotten better, and um, like once, once he seen like where we could go, just me and him, mm-hmm. and like we love being together. Like it's it's like we're like inseparable together. Um, he seen that he was like, all right, cool, you know, I'm a, I'm gonna do this thing until because he knows like he's seen the growth. That's what I'm getting at. He's seen the the growth, and so the next process in that is like getting him to be 12 months with me. Mm. But yeah, that, that's a long winded way to answer your question. But he does no. the work. How long has he place. been with you? Uh, this is I think four years. Awesome, awesome, man. That's that's really cool. That's cool to hear. It's it's awesome to hear when people stick around that long. Um, it's the longest guy that I've had was three years. It was good. Uh, it's time for him to go a different direction in life, but. It's cool to, when you get people to last, um, to bind to your vision. And so that's – team building is a huge thing. It's what we're focusing on 24. Um, it's really like our number one goal is, is putting a team together that we can trust and grow together. And so it's cool to hear you have that with, with Captain Jack. If you do decide to scale it all, sounds like you got you a good, uh, good right-hand man to get you started there. Yeah, because – well, listen, and this is an, another thing for me. I'm so open – that like anybody who comes to work, I've had people come work uh for me, but they don't last long because I just I'm like, yo, you got talent. <laughs> like you yeah, you should just go do this. Like yeah. um, you know what I mean? Um I've said that the f- the first day that Captain Jack worked with me. Like, yo, you know, he was doing this longer than me. He said he worked at a landscaping company before I, you know, years ago. Oh wow. And I said, Well, you know, you're gonna see everything I do, just work with me until you learn and then you know, go do your thing. And after that first season, he was like, look, I've, I wanted to do this before, but now I'm, I just want to be with you. Like, I just want to work yeah. with you. I like where we're going. So, um, th- when you come to scale and it's like some, some people are gonna, they're going to want to do something else, mm-hmm. you know, or th- they might want to start a business and help them. And that's what I do. So it's like, I could scale, but then I feel like maybe you got to keep some stuff away from people so they don't aren't as ambitious. But mm-hmm. I, I can't help myself. Yeah, because it ain't about me. You know, it's about. I'm only gonna be here for so long, Jeremiah. You too. And what do I want people to think about me whenever I'm gone? That I was some greedy dude who wanted to keep information from them so that they couldn't advance their lives, or should I just tell them that yeah. way they know? And then they can make that decision for themselves. Do you want to hang out with this dude who's a psycho, who's always trying to motivate you and you know inspire you, put a battery in your back, 
um, until you can do your own thing? Or do you just want to hang out with me and ride this thing out, you know, see where it goes? Uh, because whoever does, I'm taking care of them, bro, because I'm a loyal dude, bro. Like, that's why I mess with y'all boys so much. Yeah. Y'all help me out a lot. You, Paul, Brian, Keith, Naylor, uh, John Pajak, like, you need people in this world that are going to help to mm. promote you, to get you to the level that you see yourself at. And that's that's kind of what I do for people yeah. to ramble on and on and on again. But I think that's an important thing is to show people like, yo, you could you could do this too. Yeah. And then let them make a decision like we've been saying this whole show. Yeah, man. Decision is yours. Do you want to take it? Uh, do you want to be present? That's a that's a big one. It's a, that's, a, that's food for thought. To go into the end of the year here is is are you present? Do you want to be present? What does that look like going forward? And so, just I hope I hope that you guys that are listening today can take this conversation and just apply it to your situation, apply it to your life, see what fits, um, see what doesn't, and make some positive changes from it. I, I think that there's a lot of changes. Cornell dropped a lot of good knowledge today that I am uh, just happy to have you all, man. I, I thank you so much for coming and spending some time with us. We're right at an hour. I don't want to hold you much longer. I know you got busy day and things to do, so uh, we will let you run there. But where can everybody find you if they want to hear from you more and kind of what you got going on there on your side? Yeah, uh, Mac Landscaping and Lawn Care on YouTube. Mac underscore Landscaping 412 on Instagram. Um, the Lawn Care Power Moves podcast with Mac and Steel, uh, episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And then my new show is On the Attack with Mac. Uh, episodes come out Tuesdays and Thursdays. And lastly, if you are new in business or you're in business and you're in a Pittsburgh area or a close state, the Mac, uh, the, I almost said the Mac, uh, the Pittsburgh Lawn and Landscaping Business Owners Group. You can come uh, join that group and, yeah, get you right. Awesome, man. Awesome. Well, guys, thank you for tuning in to the show today. I hope you enjoyed it. Leave us a big five-star rating review if you did. Go over and check out everything that Cornell has going on there. Check out the Lawn Care Power Moves with him and Cedric. Really awesome show. Love getting to listen in and tune into what they have going on. Just very motivating. Uh, it's Y'all got some good banter back and forth. I love it. Uh, it's it's uh, it's good. The ones where y'all just go straight into it with no intro or anything, it's just like you just start talking and hit record. Um, those are the ones that everybody likes. So I uh, I love getting to listen in and, and hear from y'all. That's what we do every show. Yeah. I, I told him we can't come out here and be the same as everyone else, but we got to be different. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go, Try man. to be a little, just a little different, man, to give someone, so, so you got a little change of pace for your lawn care podcast and listening ears. Yeah, man. No, you got to have it. You got to have it. You got to have new, fresh, uh, and I love to see it. So, thank you for tuning in, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. Y'all have a great Merry, Merry Christmas if you don't tune in before then, but We'll be back with you here on Friday if you want to hear one more show before the Christmas season. And then we're down to one week before the new year. Crazy. We're in single digits of shows being released before we're in 2024, which is wild. But it is an honor to come to you each and every show here. So thank you for tuning in. And uh, without any further ado, that's going to wrap this one up. And we look forward to catching up with everybody here on the next one. Are you feeling stuck in the slow lane of business growth? Wondering how to assemble a dream team that propels your business forward? 
or perhaps putting in the hustle but not seeing the financial results that you crave? We get it. But guess what? We've got the game-changing event you've been waiting for. Get ready for the LCR Summit, your ultimate experience to get answers and take action. Join industry titans Keith Kalfas, John Pajak, Marvin Salcedo, Paul Jameson, Mr. Producer, and Jeremy Vest in dynamic workshops on marketing, team building, and company culture. Budgets, break-evens, and bottom lines, podcasting, and YouTube content creation designed to kick your business into high gear. Picture this, two days of hands-on interactive sessions in the heart of Atlanta, Georgia at the Creators Clubhouse on January 19th and 20th. Limited seats ensure an engaging experience so you're not just attending, you're participating, collaborating, and transforming. Oh, and did we mention a special bonus? Brace yourselves for Jonathan Potoshnik, the lawn care millionaire, delivering a keynote that's worth the price of admission alone. LCR Summit event host Naylor Taliaferro says, I wish this event existed when I started my business. It's a unique opportunity to connect with industry leaders and invest in the future growth of your business. Click the link in the episode description or head straight to lcrsummit.com to snag your seat before they sell out. And by the way, tickets are fully refundable because, hey, we get it, business emergencies happen, and when there's snow, you gotta go. So invest in your future, worry-free. Here's to the clear skies and bright future of your business. We'll see you January 19th through the 20th at the LCR Summit, lcrsummit.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Growing Green podcast. It is an honor to have you listening, and we hope you receive valuable advice to help take your business to the next level. Don't forget to follow the podcast so you'll be notified when our next episode drops.